That's all. <laughs> what a stellar start. <laughs> Professionals, as the French say. So, what do you have to say? Hey, lady, um, <laughs> with the thing on the side, throwing wave in. Ah, rollicking, good start. Mm. Rollicking. Yeah, great, great, just, great. Just rollicking all over the place. Better Jerry Lewis than Sherry Lewis. Hey, he was a great humanitarian. So. <laughs> he was nice to me. Oh, you didn't catch that uh, real slick battleship reference I made there? I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. I was trying real hard. Fantastic film. You know, I've gotten about halfway through and I'm... Oh, it's a very un- unnecessarily long movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it takes its time. Yeah. Hey, all right. We've already talked about it. Let's just do our thing. Let's just snort again. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Um... Uh, stupid. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> Got it. Got Nailed it. it first In time. one, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> God damn it! will you fucking quit snorting into the microphone. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I'm one of your hosts. Knock it off, you chuckle fuck. It's almost your turn. My name is Chris Faff, and I'm one of your hosts. I am James Marino. I'm the other one of your hosts. Fantastic job. Way to, way to pull it together momentarily. Professional broadcasters. That's what we is. Anyway, this week we are taking a trip back in time. I should know. All right. To the long ago year of 1972. Oh, three. three. With the crazies slash codename Trixie. Oh, that threw me too when I was watching the credits. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I thought I was watching the wrong movie because I forgot that this was like pretty much advertised under the wrong name. Well, do you know why they had that? They had about five or six different names for that film because they couldn't fucking, they wouldn't get a hold. So they kept putting it in different markets under a different name, hoping that somebody would go see the movie. Hell yeah. To make all $274,000 back. Mm. Mm-mm. All right, uh, written by Paul McCullough and George A. Romero and directed by, of course, George A. Romero. Oh, The George A. Romero, who who I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Starring Lane Carroll as Judy, Will McMillan as David, Harold Wayne Jones as Clank, and Lloyd (laughs) Lloyd Holler as Colonel Peckham. Hmm. Okay. Wow. James. Yes. Look at me. Look at me in my eyes. Oh, Jesus Christ. What did you think of the crazies? Oh, that's a that's a big, big, big question. It it kind of is actually. It's a very complicated question. Yeah, because this movie is by degrees great. There's a whole bunch of good stuff, and then and. By degrees, there's a bunch of stuff that just irritated me about the movie. It's probably budgetary. It's probably a lot of shit that, you know. But I would say if I had to really look at it, I liked this movie. Yeah, If I had to look at it, yeah, objectively, is it a good movie? Probably not. It's it's very much a... 1973, and you can tell that they had zero money, essentially. And a big message. Yes, and, uh, yeah. To beat you about the head and neck with. Yes, so, uh, this is a big swing. Oh, they swung hard. 
Uh, but yes, I, I quite enjoyed this. Have you seen the 2010 remake? No, in fact, um, I never really thought about it. Except, actually, I thought about the crazies about three or four episodes into this podcast. Because I'm like, wow, there's a Romero film that I haven't seen. I've managed to get through most of his other ones. So I was like, that might be a good idea. And I promptly forgot about it. So, Yep. Um, now, the 2010 remake of The Crazies with Tim- Timothy Oliphant, it, it's probably the more popular version. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually is not a bad movie. It, it's pretty, uh, I don't want to say like paint by numbers. It, it very loosely follows the story, but it's more... Uh, more focused, mm-hmm. I would say, on uh, Timothy Oliphant and his wife. And he's a sheriff in that instead of just, like, a dude. Yeah. A volunteer firefighter. Yeah. But uh, it, it's not a bad film. But I hadn't seen this before, really? if I'm being honest. I would just have I, and if I had, you'd I, seen it. And if I had, I don't remember a goddamn minute of it. Oh, you'd remember this, I think. Yeah. I really enjoyed this a lot more than the remake. This movie's kind of boring. If you're looking for tons of action action, because you'd seen the original, it's kind of boring. Right. But, I mean, there's action to be had. It's very poorly done. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a, there's oh, a couple really good ones, though. That, that's fair. But, yeah, there, there's some really bad ones, too. So, yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about the filmmaking, acting, what have you, first? Well, let's just give a quick overview of Codename Trixie. Uh, plane crashes in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. near, was it Evanston? Evansville? Evan- Evanstown? Yeah. Evanston, some... What? No, Evanston's in Chicago. Hey, yeah, well, don't you wink at me. Oh, come on, you like <laughs> I, I'm all chubbed up and wet, strangely. Wow, leak in the basement, too? Oh, frothy wow. butthole. Whew. Man, like whipped butter down there. I still got it going on. Anyway, um, I lost my place after all that. Oh dear. Um, so uh, a bacterium, uh, virus infection, something got in the water supply. Yes, and is uh turning the town into crazies. Yeah, it'll either kill you or make you crazy. Yes, there will. No one will come out of it clean. No, nope. there is a zero percent chance that you are unaffected, except for if you have a natural immunity mm-hmm. to Trixie. Why the fuck would you name a killer virus Trixie? Oh, uh, everybody be afraid. Why? Trixie. I mean, are you talking to Romero or like actual scientists? <laughs> Which are... Well, yeah, because of course actual scientists are going to name it Trixie. Yeah, well, of course. They're bored, weird scientists in 1973. Of course they would. Well, for, okay, you got me there, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's the plot such as it is. Yeah, it's a pretty simple plot, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, all right. The oh. filmmaking. Okay. You, you can see all $1,200 that they had yep. on the screen. Well, yes, they put every every bit up there. Uh-huh. But no, even knowing that it was a cheap budget, it was still, I loved seeing what they did with it. Yep. And... What I other thing I liked about this movie is they they had setups and payoffs and they didn't cheat. Nope. If they set a protocol early in the movie, by God, they stuck to it and they made it count, which I liked. We're gonna get into that. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah. And this movie is not 
sometimes you watch a movie where you got to read things into it and you've got to think. They do the thinking for you. They lay it out for you. And I'm not even insulted in the slightest because I'm enjoying going for the ride. Because they did it in such a way that they introduce characters who also don't know, who need to be told what is happening. Exactly. And they become the audience proxy Mm -hmm. and they slide it in so naturally that any bit of exposition that they really give just kind of slides right in there. It's not like they stop the film to look at the camera and say, well, now we have to start dot, 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 dot. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very well done in that way. And I will say that a lot of times in these movies, because we, we've seen, what, two or three of them now that were done in the 70s, where you got four people, like they were all acting in different movies. Uh-huh. Everybody's kind of on the same par. Uh-huh. Nobody's great, but they're all in that. Nobody's like acting in a different movie. You know Except what I'm saying? Except for maybe the guy playing Clank. <laughs> well, yes, but Clank's a special case. We'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. Because uh-huh. Clank is Clank, man. <laughs> And it, yeah, I, man, he sure is, man. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I've never seen anyone be so disaffected by everything happening around them. It's wonderful. I know, but it's a funny, you can't not like that character. I know. Yeah, I don't care. You can overact, underact. The character itself is written. You just can't not like the guy. Yeah, he's just a small town doofus. Yeah, and he's just a regular stand up guy. That's another thing that I wanted to get into this because, like you had already kind of mentioned, this was made in 1973 with very little budget. Mm-hmm. This is back in the days when you could just have your your lead be just a dude. Yeah, two dudes. They look like they walked out of a cave. They should be carrying a club. They both have that giant brow, uh-huh. the almost unibrow that looked like they shaved it with one razor stripe right up the side of their forehead. Uh-huh. And, and they're both... It's like not like workout, not workout muscle. It just looks like these guys were throwing hay bales like yeah. earlier in the day. Those yeah. those are like the real looking, real tough looking guys instead of just like muscle gym guys. Yeah. Last week and the week after this is done filming, they'll be back to carrying shingles up ladders. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or working at the foundry because uh-huh. it's Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. Steel country. Yeah. Um. But everybody just kind of looks like real people. Yes. And that's one of the things that I really love about watching this this era of film. Because it was the same in uh, Messiah of Evil, too. Yes. Where you're just like, yeah, this woman's supposed to be like the hottest thing in the world. And she's an attractive woman. But mm-hmm. like, y- you can tell she's what they could afford. Or it was just a friend <laughs> of theirs or something. Like, yeah. These people look like people. And it's so much... It's so refreshing to see that. Mm-hmm. And I guess refreshing might be the wrong word since this is a 50-year-old film. But well, there's a, Well, we'll talk about that scene in a little bit. But there's some scenes where you could tell that it was just regular townspeople uh-huh. having a fucking time of their lives. There's <laughs> yeah. like, they're just having a ball. Hey, talking guys, about- fight. Okay, look. Hey, Fred, I've got a chair. Ha <laughs> ha. You're talking about the gymnasium yes. where you can clearly see several of the little girls like with huge smiles on their faces. I'm loving it. And they're, they're play pummeling each other. You see people with people in headlocks. And I'm just, I'm like, oh, fuck. It was worth it just for that scene. Just for that. Because I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be the shit to be? Hey, I was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, check it out. I'm right there. there. That's me. Don't blink. Right there. Yeah. Uh, See the dude that runs up and is supposed to have shot this sheriff? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. (laughs) It was dope. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I made $13 that day. (laughs) Got the check framed in my living room. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of cool stuff. You know what I liked about this movie is there were like little throwaway jokes. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'll tell you. Do you any? Is there any that stand out like the one thing that made you laugh harder than anything else in his movie? Um. <sighs> not that this movie is a laugh riot. No, the, I was gonna say this is one of those films where there's not a whole lot funny about it. No, but there's um, just the one standout joke is at the very beginning when uh, David and uh, Judy are in bed. <laughs> and I'll tell the doctor what a lust, shameful, lustful woman you are. He does like the Eastern European accent. Yes, yes I will tell him what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know why, but that one got me. <laughs> Well, that seemed like something stupid people would say. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're just like, ah, yeah, I don't know. It, sounds yeah, it was crap. a very, like, you hear that and you'd be like, ah, what a dick. But, like, it's 1973 and they're just laying in bed fucking around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, my favorite, my the one that made me laugh harder than anything else in a while was when that Bjork-looking chick got shot. Fucking unload, like, they unload, like, all the bullets ever into this chick, right? And she just goes... Oh, <laughs> thought I was gonna fucking die. I'm sitting because I had to watch the last ten minutes in the car because you know me. Uh-huh. I'm sitting in the parking lot over by the subway and I am shitting my pants laughing. Cars are going by, looking at me, and I'm just like, "Bah!" Showtime at the Apollo, laughing, just fucking dying. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why it killed me so bad. Uh, anyway, good times, good times. So one of the things that I really, really like about this movie and movies that can do something like this really get me every single time. Simple story. Mm-hmm. They built it out. I don't want to say like built it out internally. Mm-hmm. They showed all the different mechanisms of this one simple event. Yes. And that's where I think like the the remake, obviously, like I said, it very much focuses on uh, the David character, and he's a sheriff trying to get his family to safety and mm-hmm. avoiding the uh, the army, essentially. But it mainly focuses on them. I really love seeing every level of this catastrophe, and just seeing how everybody dealt with it in a completely different way. Well, then you would have liked the original the original script for this movie. Everything that we see in the movie, the whole movie happened in the first 15 minutes and the rest of the movie was going to be what life was like under military occupation, what happens when your your cousin turns into a crazy and kills your mom, how do you deal with that, how do the immune people, that was what the movie was originally about, but the studio is like, I will give you some money for it and we'll, we'll uh, produce it for you, but... Cut all that bullshit out. This is what we want. So he, they had to rewrite the movie to make that 15-minute stretch for the entire movie. And see, that's where it kind of lost me because about halfway into this film, it feels like it does take a grinding halt when we get all the stuff with uh, the the whole crew, David Clank and their crew in the woods and shooting down the helicopter. Like Everything yeah. seems <laughs> okay, to take... An- shooting down the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, but that whole part, like, it goes on for quite some time Mm -hmm. with, I guess, things happening, but the things that are happening weren't as interesting to me as earlier in the film. Well, it's like when they were spending the time at the country club, I'm like, I get it, there's guns at the country club. Mm. Yeah, there's there's food and, yeah, everything else, and that's where... Although, now you think about it, the shopping mall scene, and uh, what was it, Dawn Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the precursor. Yeah. Oh, they're all having a ball at the country club because nobody's there. Mm-hmm. I, I see seeds of a lot of his movies in this movie. Yeah. 
But I, I and I also really loved watching uh, the colonel and the major below him who had gotten there like a few days before, mm-hmm. and watching how uh, progressively they fuck everything up at mm-hmm. every step to the point where we have like very very high up uh, government officials, and the one of them is super duper pushing for using the nukes. nukes. Yep. Like, immediately. Yep. And, I mean, there's a lot of parallels between uh, <coughs> the, the real world and what was happening in 1973 mm-hmm. and this film, obviously. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a whole nother layer if we think about it in, in COVID times. Because, again, we're talking about um, a deadly disease. Obviously, this is uh, the one in this. Trixie's by far and worse than anything we got. Yeah, I, I was going to try and avoid right. any COVID parallels with this because, you know. But the, it, you can't watch this movie yes. where we are and who we are without drawing parallels. Exactly. And you think, you know, that if you think about we know more just on a daily basis because of the COVID about epidemiology. We know more about how diseases spread. And they actually must have paid attention because almost everything that they said still tracks with the UV light, with the thing, with, the, you know, with the separation of the clip, everything they did, you know, somebody kind of knew, must have known something, which I really appreciated in this movie. Yeah. And like, um, especially thinking about the time, obviously 1973, we were either still in or just oh, getting out of Vietnam. We were still in. Still very much in. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're and, getting out to 74, 75, I think. Yeah, and um, the uh, chemical or bi- and or biological weapons oh, used Agent Orange. in Vietnam. Hmm. And the, uh, still to this day, persisting accusations of using biological warfare in Korea. Oh, they, that, they're still talking about, well, in Afghanistan. It's never not been there. Yeah. And it was very interesting to watch, especially like the the major, the first uh, mm-hmm. military brass to show up, keeps referring to as referring to it as a vaccine, it's because a, even he he doesn't have high enough clearance to know. Right. So it's all these lies on top of lies about these chemicals and biological warfare and everything else that was definitely happening. America was definitely doing. Oh, yeah. And what I really liked about this is that the more culpable the person was for this accident, the more they leaned towards the nukes or they leaned towards killing where the people who weren't as culpable were trying to find ways to contain and save, which is really, really interesting. And I I really liked the way that they portrayed... The soldiers at the time, too, were they were regular guys, but they were also bad guys. But the military, the guys in the military weren't specifically the bad guys. We're thinking about the brass as bad guys, but they showed the soldiers as guys just clogging, plugging, you know, for the paycheck. And then they saw the guys that were probably bad to start with, stealing wallets and shit. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they showed it as... A whole, you know, like a whole range of different types of people instead of all soldiers are bad. Yes. Some of the guys, you know, like when they were, when they first started, when they snuck into the place to talk to the the soldiers before the one pulled his gun, you know, you could see the two guys were just like, dude, it's a paycheck. I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, I, I, look, I'll do what I'm told. 
Yeah, there's they're literally kids that joined the military and were deployed to yeah. Pennsylvania and have no idea why, really. Yeah, like why the fuck am I in Pennsylvania shooting Pennsylvanians? This is fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah, and those, you know, but I like the the fact that they showed the whole the whole thing, you know. It just showed good filmmaking. I'm sure he's like, I got to make something interesting because there's no fucking money. Right. And watching uh, the kind of the struggle inside of uh, the Colonel, Colonel Peckham. Oh, yeah. When he is, he knows that he has to contain this, but also he doesn't really know what's going on. He flat out says it like, I'm a combat guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. And his solution is to immediately take all the guns, start killing anyone who will not, yeah. you know, uh, res- or anyone who might even c- come close to resisting authority. Yep. And, oh, and burn the body, by the way. Yeah. And even David brings up a point at, at I forget when it is in the movie, but... He says something about, you know, the military's coming in here and they may be here to just help, but there's 2,000 local yokels with shotguns who will shoot each other for no good goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to be okay with these guys coming onto their property? Yep. Oh. And that's one of the things that is very, very good about this film is you can never tell who's the crazies mm-hmm. until... You can Until you can definitely tell. And that plays out, doesn't it? Again. Uh-huh. There's so many really, really good points to this movie that it's it's almost hard to talk about the stuff I don't like about it because the stuff I do like about it is so fucking good. I know. I was thinking that while I was watching it earlier today just to brush up. It's just I forgive every bad piece of filmmaking in this because if you can deliver me a story that's structured in this way... yeah. That keeps me completely engaged throughout the whole film. That, mm-hmm. That's what I want in a movie. That is exactly what I want when I sit down to watch a film. Well, see, I, I, I always go by the James meter. I can get a half hour in. On the shittiest movie, I can sit for a half an hour. On a good night, I can do 45 minutes. If the movie is not great, you know? Like I sat through a couple of them. This one, I got about 55 minutes in before I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So that means... To me, that's an excellent movie because it caught my very everywhere attention for that long a period of time. And that's what I wanted to talk about is I think, and this is a Romero thing just across his career, I think. His movies always have kind of a lot going on. Like there's never like one or two characters in a Romero film. Mm -hmm. There are several plot points going on. But he moves between them at such a good pace that I don't get sick of watching what I'm watching before it switches over to the the military. Right. In their office. And then they get out the story that they need to do. And then they go to the, you know, the uh, people, I guess, that would be in Washington. Right. Discussing all this. And then back to uh, essentially like the ground troops. Right. And what they're doing. And then... Mm -hmm. Back to the military base because the mayor has showed up. And then back to David and Clank and their right. story. And it never lets me get too far into anything, but never goes um, so in-depth that I lose interest in the other stories happening. It never loses coherence. Exactly. You can always follow it no matter how many plot. Because my brain, I can usually do two or three things at a time. Tops. But the way he sets it up, like you said, he just throws just enough so that your brain will pick it up and you can go on with the movie and the forward movement. And it, yeah, he does a great job at that. 
yeah, the pacing's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, until, like I said, until the end when you can tell when they kind of had to stretch it out for time because a lot of scenes in the woods and the yeah. uh, the country club and whatever, those take a minute. Yeah, but I will tell you that it gave me enough time to catch my breath because let's talk about some of the themes in this motherfucker. Shit. Because <laughs> we, open, we open the movie, right? Because I texted you. When I watched the opening, I just I only had a minute to I wanted to see what this movie was about. Yeah, I turn on I turn on the movie. I'm like, okay, kids playing hide and seek. Oh, he's being a douche to his sister. Ha ha ha. Oh, that's not gonna end well. Then all of a sudden, you see dad with an axe in the kitchen, just wailing on dishes and shit. Yeah, and they're hiding, and you can hear the little girl go, "How come it smells like kerosene uh-huh. in here?" And I'm like, "Fuck no." They cut to black. They come back. The house is on fire. So in my head, I'm like, they fucking open with the credits with fucking child murder. Yep. Holy shit. I'm in. You have my attention. (laughs) Movie, take me with you. Yes. And it did. It did. It did. Because after you see the opening credits, which are cool 70s grindhouse credits. Hell yeah, they are. Then we get some nudity. Mm. Mm-hmm. 70s nudity. <laughs> A little different than what we're used to. With that shameless, lustful woman. <laughs> oh. With the worst Dracula accent I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Wait, me or the movie? Well, both, but... Well, they can't both be the worst you've ever Actually, heard. Actually, you had an excellent imitation of his bad accent. How about that? Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Followed by the finger. Of course. Wonderful. But, man, the ending. Oh, God. This this is what I miss about films of this era. Mm -hmm. Is the bleak motherfucker of an ending. Speaking of middle fingers, it's a big old fuck you, this ending. All right, so uh, they end up killing pretty much everybody. Everybody, yeah. Everyone. Uh, David's still alive, and the uh, troops have gotten him. He's being pushed into uh, the containment area. Mm-hmm. And the colonel, they tell him, hey, good job on slaughtering that entire town. It spread to Louisville, though. It should be easy for you. You got one on your belt now. Uh-huh. I'm like, no. And he just puts his head down, gets scrubbed up, passes a medical check that takes way too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the fucking film. Wow. And we haven't even gotten to some heavy themes yet. No, we just started at the beginning of just like, oh, Mm -hmm. the world's going to end. And this is why. Yeah, and fuck you. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and the military, if the military doesn't kill you first, the the disease is going to get you. I fucking miss just, like, there's dark endings now, but just these bleak motherfuckers. Fucker and fucking Romero does it in the original Night of the Living, Living Dead. Dead. Yeah, uh, the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. The ending of that movie is bleak as shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even the ending of Messiah of Evil. Like, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, just that dour ending, mm-hmm. and I think it does have a lot to do with. Oh, we ran out of money. We had this ending planned, I would assume. Any, this is just me guessing, but like, we had an ending planned, but uh, money wouldn't allow it. So we just left on, uh, 
hey, by the way, this is how it all started. The Earth's fucked. Or it could have been, oh, you won't let us do the movie we want. Well, he'll fuck you. Here's the ending. Sell this motherfucker. That's fair. Because <laughs> it was the 70s too and people were a little bit more... Because uh, that's exactly... Damn the man. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. So I, I, I strayed us off oh, of the points that you wanted to bring up. Oh, the themes right. in this film. Oh, Jesus Christ. Some of the themes in this film. Hit it up. Do it. Okay. Rev that engine, baby. Child, vroom, child murder. Vroom, vroom. Incest. Oh, oh yeah. You just glossed <laughs> right over that motherfucker. I, I sure did. I mean... I was hoping we weren't going to bring up incest, but uh, it's it's not graphic, which I appreciate. Thank God. But, uh... And the way they set it up, too, is not like he's intending to bang his daughter. No. In his mind, he's crazy, and he thinks his daughter's his wife. His, wife, or his daughter's already fucking gone. Uh-huh. So she's not putting up any fight whatsoever. And that's when uh, old Clanker comes in. What the fuck are you doing? Uh-huh. Dude, that's your kid. Fuck off. And pulls him off. Beats uh-huh. the shit out of him in a hallway. Well, like you should. And then laughs and walks away. Yeah, that that's how you can tell. Because he's got the crazy. Yeah, he's got a little dose of the crazy. All right, well, I want to get back to the other themes, but this is one of the things that I do want to bring up. That if anybody's seen the original, uh, uh, not the original, the 2010 remake, everybody is immediately turned into, like, murderers mm. in that and i really appreciated in this film that some people were some people just got weird and they never specifically say that you know it's something that infects your brain and brings out the violent tendencies and no they- you just go incurably insane and for some people that includes violent tendencies some people that means standing in front of the gas station like the old man and just muttering to yourself. Mm-hmm. And did you notice too, at no time did they mention an incubation period? So it wasn't like, in exactly this time, you're going to get the thing. I think the doctor does at some point when they're talking mm-hmm. about getting samples back to the lab. Mm-hmm. One of the 800 times that they bring that up. <sighs> oh, the doctor. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. Oh, the doctor. All right, so some of the other themes. Um, And who the fuck was that chick? I'm sorry. Nuclear war. Oh, yeah. And uh, obviously the government's willingness to just use nukes without doing any research about how the fallout will affect surrounding areas. And general disregard for the populace. Because remember, we had the not what was it, five years before this movie, they had the Kent State Massacre. They had... Um, you know, they had the Black Panthers that are getting killed every three seconds, civilians getting killed by the military for showing dissent against the government. Mm-hmm. And this movie says, hey, yeah, they're callous as fuck. You're dead. If you don't get the disease and you're, let's say you're in the backyard and you're just being silly, I'd be fucked right away because I'm a silly person. I'd be goofing around, walking like a monkey. I'd get capped. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of thinking this movie made me do. Because, I mean... I'm pretty sure that the guy in the uh, like the White House little group, like yeah. the real, real high ups, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be like a Henry Kissinger proxy because Henry yes. Kissinger is was real big into, I just use nukes. Yeah. Just yeah. small ones, tactical ones. Yeah, just blow a little bit up. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to do any environmental studies on how that affects anything around it. Well, because then I can't do it. Yeah, because yeah. then I can't murder massive amounts of people. 
Don't don't make and it to, difficult for me. And I want to once again bring up the, the reason that they're bringing this up is because the military massively fucks up everything. Yep. They bring up so many times that this should have been just a routine thing. Yep. It, well, why weren't any procedures in place? Well, nothing was supposed to happen. Right. In, in fact, remember that there, it's intimated that they said, hey, you know, they were there a couple days before. The doctor even said, you told me that everything was going to be okay. And that this would blow over and everything would be fine and it would be contained. That's why we were quiet. Now you're telling me we're fucked. And I'm like, oh, ooh, yeah, with because the they, Because at one point they bring it up that this has been in the water supply for six days. Mm-hmm. Like it's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. This entire town is probably infected. Yep. And they oh. just blunder everything all the way through and eat down to, let's bring up the scientist. Mm-hmm. Down to the scientists blaming the military and the military blaming, blaming the, the scientists. scientists. Nobody taking any responsibility, mm-hmm. but ultimately uh, being, how do I want to say this, having to be the, the troops on the ground mm-hmm. to make sure that this doesn't get out. And no matter what they do, it's going to be fucked up. And you know what really made me think about in this movie is like we, we have like voice recognition software now, okay? They were there, and this was a thing. Um, voice over voice over phone protocol, and they would have your they would have your voice on file, and they would have a group of technicians and experts matching your voice to the numbers you say. So it wasn't a computer program. So they had to actually have people. So you need to talk to the president. Well, you need to have your voice verified by human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously not going to be 30 seconds. They're going to argue over a couple seconds. And then you're going to go in now. You can keep a line open because that's a dedicated line. So they're telling you all this shit. And you don't really, I didn't really think about it till later. I was like, fuck, they didn't have computers back then. They had to have actual goddamn people doing it. Yeah, because when the scientist, like when he figures out his big break, which we never know if it's a real thing or if he is uh, Uh, crazy. Exactly. But. He calls in to whoever he needs to call in for that and says, uh, get me through to the lab and also get the colonel on the line. They say, well, we can't do that. That takes a separate line for it. Fine. Then can you patch it from the lab to the colonel? I'll be to the colonel in two minutes. Yep. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to do it personally. Yep. (laughs) But then doesn't. (laughs) No, not at all. And that's why I kind of like the they just kind of dropped it off at the end of this film because in the remake they intimate that they are in the process of dropping a nuke. I think they do drop a nuke actually, mm. and they drive away in front of it. Oh, yeah, you know, like you do. Uh, yeah, but I like that it's all just fucking. And it intimated when he dropped those vials. It intimated that it's now airborne. Uh huh. And the that entire school. Full of people. Mm-hmm. Well, as full as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dead. And that, Oh, and that reminds me, the, the most chilling scenes to me in this movie was when they were just fucking rounding people up. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether you're crazy or not, you're coming with us to the gym. What mm-hmm. do you mean I'm going to... No, fucking you're coming with us to the gym. Anybody who dissented, boom, capped them. Mm-hmm. Right there. And I was just like, oh, because it's happened before. You know, it, it, it's happened. It's happening right now. Some, it's happening right now to somebody. Yes. And so, when you see it on screen, it reminds you 
how, how many steps away are we from that? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of scary sometimes, but this movie made me think about it. I'm like, fuck. Oh, fuck. Because the, the way they did it, the way they filmed it, it's like, in, in move, modern movies, you see a crack team coming in and snatching people out. No, you see a couple guys that, you know, were drinking beers at the VFW last week coming into your fucking house. And mm-hmm. and you see Fred and Joe from down the street, and you're like, fuck, hey, what's up? No, shut up and come with us. And fuck you. Boom. Mm-hmm. You're dead. Yeah, and the like we said, the colonel showing up, yeah. not knowing what the fuck is going on. He knows I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that is super military. You don't know shit. You just arrive. You just arrive and do shit. I remember we were, I got a commendation letter we, when uh, the space shuttle blew up. They didn't tell us what we were doing. All of a sudden, we started going in circles, and we couldn't figure it out for like a day and a half. We were in circles. We were circling pieces of the wreckage to protect them. So another ship could come in and pick up the pieces of the wreckage. We actually saw some of the pieces floating. It was weird. But yeah, so you, they didn't tell us what we were doing. We were just all there in a ship doing big old circles for two days. I'm like, this, this fucking exercise, what's going on? Yeah. And But it was something, but that's how easy it is to keep those things from anybody. You just don't tell them. Yeah, and just watching the military bungle everything to the point where they have to say, well, we're in the midst of a full-scale riot, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. So you see anyone, you fire one warning shot. That's it. And you you know protocol, they say one warning shot. The <laughs> warning shot is the one that went through your head. Yeah. Yeah, that's your warning shot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I think Romero really nailed it on this mm. one. This is a very good movie. Well, the, the one effect, too. Okay, when um, Clanker finally, they realize he's completely insane, and Judy and Dave are trying to get away, and he's going to do his last stand. He shoots all his bullets. Mm-hmm. He's got his gun there. And I thought, okay, he's going hand-to-hand, because, you know, I'm thinking modern movies. Nope. He's kind of offset on the frame. He's, his head's kind of framed by the tree. Boom! Yep. Just Half his brain just flies out, and I'm like, "That out of they probably blew their entire effects bullet budget on that one, but it was worth every goddamn penny because I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was expecting a little tussle, maybe go hand to hand, and then he was gonna die at somebody else's hand. No, boom, just done. Hey James, yeah, do you remember the part where David karate chops a dude? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go karate chop. I realized that we were getting a little too serious here about all the uh, the, the military and what have you. Okay. Yeah, David Karate chops the dude. <laughs> okay, this motherfucker is supposed to be a Green Beret. Uh-huh. Okay, did you see his stance when he was he had he had his rifle? No, James, I wasn't in the military. I, I didn't know you don't his have stance. no, but you don't have to be in the military. It looks like that motherfucker never held a rifle in his life. And come on, you you've seen people hold rifles, right? Dude, he was so awkward. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's going to shoot himself. I think the safety's on. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay, and, and to get back to the oh, Chucks, too, this is where I wanted to talk about the scientist. Oh, God, yes. Where the fuck did they find this guy? <laughs> I think he was selling used cars in a lot in Sheboygan. Because uh, we, we made like, jokes about uh, putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think this man ever spoke English in his life. He reminded me of an alien who had, like, nailed down grammar. 
but hadn't gotten the tone of the way that people speak yet. I really enjoy this human food. <laughs> it's it's very good. And then I don't know what I would do without. Uh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> He starts yelling at the most inopportune time. Hey, you know the most important thing in acting, buddy? What's that? Modulate your voice. Do different pitches. It'll keep people's interest. Okay, I will. <laughs> Pretty much. That seems like like an, like an alien. Like, oh, well, no, we need you to just act like a person. Like, I know persons. <laughs> I am an expert at human behavior. I, I spoke. People too. What the fuck did that guy just say? Just oh mod, smile, don't make direct eye contact, please. And again, I love that. Yeah, had they had the money, I'm sure they would have done two takes with him and been like, we need to get somebody else. You're like, well, fuck it. He already cashed the check. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. He did fine in the audition. I don't know why he's doing it now. <laughs> and who was the chick? Was she like the science teacher at school? They never explain what she, why she was there. They don't know each other, but they seem to know each other. Yeah, and, I have no idea. And what the fuck was her position? Because she doesn't know anything. What am I? <laughs> she, she asks him several times, like, what am I looking at? And he's just irritated with her. Like, well, tell her to go away then, dummy. <laughs> no, because she's such a fine piece of looking woman. No. <laughs> Yeah, she looks like she, granny mixed with she, big birds. She looked great for 56. Yeah, what? <laughs> 1956? Yeah. That, that's where I was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Mm, no. Oh. Because it, uh, they, they, they fucked, right? <laughs> hey, you know, uh, are you married? <laughs> Would you like to be? You're awful sure of yourself. But, but speaking of the science, science thing, again... It's what I kind of like about this because R- Romero was smart enough to know, like, it, was, it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, From the Deep. Um, cannibals from the... Uh, we, uh, uh, cannibals humanoids. Uh, humanoids from the Deep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We're like, yeah, we're going to throw a little bit of science out there, but we don't know really how to write science, so we're going to make it very brief. And I love the <laughs> fact that they kind of um, hand-waved it by saying... How am I supposed to do proper research with these crappy tools from the high school? They were in the high school chem lab. Yeah. <laughs> with high school department tell us or microscopes and shit. Don't you have any stronger microscopes? <laughs> Why no, sir, I don't. Cut. <laughs> Jim, come here. We need to talk again. No, but um <laughs> Nice callback. Yeah. But what it does is it gives us a little bit of science, but not too much. But it also has characters call it a virus. Some call it a uh, bacterium. Uh, Clank just calls it the bug. Yep. So what it does is it it obfuscates as to what it actually is. Right. And makes it non-identifiable. Like, it's right. just this thing. And it's highly contagious. And it's bad for you. Yeah. And doctors don't like it. It makes you crazy. Or dead. Or dead, or yeah. very dead. Yes, you take your pick. It's in. No, yeah, but um, it was a point that I have no idea what it was. And, and again, there were several points where the scientist says, "You know, we need to get these samples out of here." And the colonel's like, "No, Mm-mm. this is nobody is leaving this town. No, well, what are you talking about? You're here now. <laughs> I know we made you come here, but you're here now." And I, I like that. It was almost a throwaway line. It's like, well, we've got to find out who's immune. 
Mm -hmm. Because up until that time, we don't even think about immunity. I never really thought about immunity. And I'm like, oh, wait, people could naturally be immune. Holy shit. And I think that would probably have been a bigger part of the movie that it was supposed to be, like survivor's guilt and all that other shit. I'd love to see an original copy of that script just to see the movie it could have been. Because that sounds like it would have been by far more. Not to say this movie isn't enjoyable as fuck, but... I would like to have seen at least a little bit of that other movie. Yeah. Oh, it's very, very good, though. Oh, yeah. In, in, in lesser hands, we could have watched a steaming pile of dog shit. Yeah, and uh, I think this is this was Romero's third film. Third full length, anyway. Because yeah. there was a small one that he did, and then Night of the Living Dead, obviously, in 68. Mm-hmm. And then he did, like, a romantic comedy yeah. in between, and then this. Mm-hmm. And... Pretty fucking good. Wow. You know, there are a few directors from that era mm-hmm. that could take nothing and give you something that you would just, you're transfixed by. Whether, you know, I'll take the idea of horror out of this. If I thought of it as a science fiction, it had everything you needed for that. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to think of it as uh, anti-government propaganda. It's got that. It's got every it, whatever movie you want it to be. In that old school, like I really hate the government kind and of old, propaganda. Like yeah, it's not like uh, not like a trust fund punk going, oh damn the man anarchy. No, they're like fuck you guys. You guys fucked everything up. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that like kind of tongue in cheek, silly, funny. Like what was that movie they just made about like the asteroid coming to Earth? It was supposed oh, to be yeah. the uh, uh, like look the, up. Yeah, some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, some stupid, yeah. Where it's kind of like, you know, look at how stupid people are being. Cause mm. it, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're witty. Great. Go make a fucking movie like Romero or Carpenter where they just are straight up giving the government the finger and saying, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit's bad and ain't getting better and it's your fault. Fuck you, yeah. And, and they could not have said it any louder. Nope. <laughs> than this movie. Because at every turn, one hand's fucking the other. Because we talked about the voice-over phone protocol. That is why the scientist left and made it airborne. Mm-hmm. Because he was so fucking sick of this bureaucratic bullshit. There's three of us on this goddamn base. Can I fucking talk to whoever? You know? And they made it pay off. And mm-hmm. I love that. Again. And I love that they added the fact that uh, the scientist was not a government employee. Mm-hmm. He was a contractor. Yep. Who answered to the government. Yep. And he was basically saying, again, fuck all of you. So that, again, beautiful. Beautiful movie. Lovely film. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Just lovely. Uh, James. Yes. If you were asked mm-hmm. if you would recommend... Banana pudding. Yes. Nah, the, the crazies, 1970. With Nilla wafers or without? Um, Your choice. Oh, with, definitely with, and yes. Would you recommend the crazies? I would actually recommend the fuck out of this movie. I mean, it takes a minute to get... Uh, no, during the dull parts, it takes a minute to get into, but again, it, the impetus just keeps pushing you through the movie. And, I, and honestly, there, there's so much crazy shit happened in this movie. I mean, besides the child murder, the incest, the other themes, the anti-government, everything involved. Whew. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. 
especially to anybody who really likes old school uh, films like this that if I watched a movie made like this now I'd say fuck you Mm -hmm. figure out how to make a decent goddamn movie because there are a lot of bad parts of this film yeah but I will will tell you this one of the reasons this movie could actually a movie like this could be made if if the director was 100% honest to whatever they were doing and if that's if if that showed up on screen because Romero was I've made points with all his films, you know he wanted to make a point with all his films, so that honesty pushed through that that integrity pushed all the way through it, which made the movie. So you don't see that anymore. People aren't they don't have that kind of a lot of people don't have that kind of cause or whatever to make that movie with that film. So I think that's the reason why it couldn't be made. Yeah, and a lot of the movies that like. Some of the like, would you call this a B movie? I guess no. I would say it is Grindhouse, but not quite B. It was it was B with aspirations because a lot of I'd say if you were going to consider this a B movie, a lot of B movies not only are shot poorly and have bad acting, but the story sucks. Yeah, and come this, on, this, this is not the case. This is an A plus story, and people. I feel I feel like a dick saying it, but mm-hmm. doing their best. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and I was trying to. There's nothing. Okay, there in a grindhouse movie. Are we talking about like an exploitation film? There's a lot of gratuitous stuff to keep you involved. Okay. Yes, there was some nudity in there. I'm sure they needed it to make an R. You know there, what I'm saying? There was a needle knitting, needle uh, knitting, needle stabbing. Well, yes, but but what bit, I'm saying bit, is. Bit, bit. <laughs> It, it didn't seem gratuitous. It seemed like part of the story as opposed to, hey, check out the tits. Hey, oh, this guy got stabbed for no reason. Everything seemed to have a reason. So I think that's why I don't consider it a B-movie in that genre. You know what I mean? Mm. How such, about you? A, such a fucking good movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. 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 Watch it with just a raging heart on. Well, of course. Like, you should. Well, kind of like how I watch every single film. Yeah. I, you know, occasionally I switch mm. up hand cream, Vaseline, so. About to watch Land Before Time. Got to get that dick up, oh, baby. yeah. Dinosaurs. Cloacas. Oh, fucking hell. <sighs> Cloacas, James. How often do you get to use that word in a sentence? Come you on, don't. Bro. So, and for good reason. But now that it's now that it's there, I could. I did not wake up this morning t- anticipating that. Oh, during our discussion about the crazies, cloacas, it's going to factor heavy. I'm going to be because it's going. Cloacas are on the brain now. Sexy cloacas. Anyway, good lord. Do you have anything else to say about the crazies? I don't think I could follow that ever. I think I've said all I have to say about anything. Crazies. Ever. It's about as good as cloacas. Mm-hmm. Just Sexy. about. Cloacas. Just about. Mm-hmm. Plugs? Anything? Plug the cloaca. You? <laughs> nothing? Me mm, either. Absolutely nothing. Um. 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 Nah. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> we good? Yeah, we're hey, good. We're all right? Yeah, we're, we're all right. Great. Should we, uh... Yeah, let's close this. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Oof, we are falling apart. Oh, God. You could see it. You would be terrified.